0: Hello, and welcome to People Changing Enterprises. It's your producer, Varia. On today's bonus episode, I interview Jasmine Goodman, this show's host, about going after what you want in the workplace. Jasmine is really good at this. She makes things happen. She built the corporate communications team at ContentStack from scratch. And she built the Mock Alliance marketing engine that took a foundation from an unknown idea to an industry force. We talk about workplace politics, stakeholder management, dealing with rejection and criticism and uncertainty. So if you've ever felt stuck at your workplace and wanted some advice for how to move things in your direction, listen up. This one is for you. I once told you I wanted to get better at workplace politics. And you redefined that term for me in a really interesting way. So could you tell me how you define workplace politics?
1: Oh, with pleasure. It's still a very relevant question that people talk about a lot. And usually they complain about the politics in the workplace because they experience it as something that they have no control over. To me, it's not politics What we're talking about is stakeholder management, and it's actually a very learnable skill. It requires you to build great relationships with the decision makers around you, and that's something that is hard. So there's not a whole lot of people who are very good at it because it takes time, and you need to be patient, and you need to plan ahead for longer, much longer Sometimes than the immediate thing you're trying to solve for. Me wanting to have this thing over here, it's not going to do me any good. What I need to do is make people want to get that thing together with me. If you consider a person, your boss, your boss's boss, the other department head, whoever that might be, a roadblock, then I would say you're thinking about it wrong. Here's someone who has a different opinion. Now, how can we work together either for you to change your mind or for me to change something about the project that makes it agreeable, more agreeable to you? For me, the most important work is in knowing or figuring out what the other person wants and needs and how to get them on board for the ride.
0: The art of stakeholder management is the art of making people want what you want. It starts with getting really clear of what you want, right?
1: Yeah, we're all dealing with a multitude of projects and a multitude of stakeholders. And we all have different, sometimes competing objectives. So something that is very important to the person that I'm talking to may not be equally important to me. My boss wants me to do something that I'm like, oh god, really? All right, and that is the kind of thing that I would say, hey, that's a sacrifice, right? So I I get that done. I do it the way that makes other people happy, and that gets me the leeway to do something on the other end that is to my liking. It's doing something that is more valuable to the other side than it is to me.
0: It sounds to me like a chess game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, oh god. This level of strategy. But it reminds me of an article that I happened to read today that was how to get promoted at work or something. It was basically boiling down to the fact that everything that you do is a kind of reputation management for yourself. It's about building up the value of yourself as a player in other people's eyes. On the one hand, it sounds slightly Machiavellian. I will do this thing, and in return, they will be obliged to do this other thing for me. But the only way that you really (laughs) earn value in the workplace is for other people to think that you're valuable.
1: It's interesting that how you phrased it as a personal brand, really, right? You're building your brand every day in order to get more of what you want later, which I find interesting because I never think about it that way. To me, it's never about my personal brand But it is about adding value. I just think about it from a company perspective. And absolutely true, perception is reality. So if your efforts go unnoticed, then you're out of luck, right? Which is why I, especially with the more introvert people on the team, and they hate me for that, but I do push them to be more outspoken and to do more self-promotion that word has a weird negative connotation he says, but you need to self-promote in a way that is not bragging about how great you are no that's doing it wrong what you need to talk about is the value that you're adding to the company's business my experience is better if you go for the greater good the effect is actually going to be greater because nobody will say oh here's." her again talking about all the great things that she's done no it's actually oh wow this is what the team is doing to advance the company that's a different trajectory it's a different narrative
0: and how do you make that trade-off we started with stakeholder management and it's all about those one-to-one relationships and figuring out what matters to that person and how can i align what Hmm. i want to do with what they want And somewhere in there is a what's right for the company.
1: It all starts with the personal relationship. So the more conversations you can have or the people that you can interact with, the better. And I know that sounds awful these days where everyone is so hard pressed for time, but still the more firsthand information you can get, the better. What I hate is people saying, oh, the CEO wants this, so that's why we're doing that. Says who? Be wary of those kinds of conversations. And if in doubt, I would always say, go ask the person who supposedly said that. Not every company is supportive of fluid environments where everyone can ask everything to everyone. So whatever is okay in your workplace, but go do that. And it's totally okay to to ask questions. If you're not sure about something, or if you don't understand, or if you want to know more about why something is so important, go ask. And there is different ways of asking. What you don't want happening is you being perceived as the naysayer, or the critic, or the, oh God, here comes question asker again. But there's a great way, and it's all in finding the right words, saying, hey, I'm super excited about this initiative. I would like to understand better what we're trying to achieve. So not saying, oh, I don't get it, but saying, hey, okay, exciting. This is where I've understood we're heading. Now, can you help me understand better so we can go further? The devil's in the detail. So that the perception is, oh my goodness, she's super excited about what we're doing and is asking all the right questions. If you ask and there's no proper sound answer, then that's great because now people will realize there is no sound answer and they need to come up with that. Maybe you can help them come up with that. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to reach out to the people directly. Or if you are unable to still go ask questions and don't settle until you get an answer that is at least somewhat sound and reliable.
0: I really like that advice. Often people are scared to ask there's also a corollary to that, which you also mentioned. If there is no answer, maybe you can help to make the answer. If you've asked several times or if you've tried to find information and there just isn't something, just propose a plan and put it forward. Yeah. I think you did this with the, with the creative campaign brief when you first started at the company. just such a simple thing, but there wasn't a creative brief and you were asking, okay, what's the process? for making a campaign. And everybody was like, I don't know. <laughs> and you're like, cool, that's not gonna work. Here's a proposed brief. Let's start with it. Is that, would you say that's a, a strategy that you employ more
1: often? I do it all the time. Colony act right there. <laughs> that's my advice to a lot of team members as well, because complaining is not going to get you anywhere. Neither is it going to get the company anywhere. So if something is missing, absolutely do point it out and if the answer is still no i've made the best experiences with coming up with something and it does not have to be perfect it does not the best way to put something in place is come up with a proposal that is i don't know maybe 70% there and share for one everyone feels involved and has an ability to engage with the process. So you're not presenting something final that everyone will hate because they didn't ask for it. No, we're not doing that. Here's my idea of how we could be doing this. Let me know what you think, and then we can arrive at a version that works for everyone. And it's so much easier for most other people to react to something versus coming up with something themselves. I've done the same at the Mock Alliance. There was no marketing strategy. And I kept asking, has someone put together a strategy? And the answer was no. I asked again and the answer was still no. And I figured, you know what? In that case, how about I reach out to one, two, three people? I, you know, sometimes you just make a wild guess. I was new to the organization and I figured, okay, here's the person leading the meeting. Here's the person that looks important. Here's someone who's copied on emails all the time. So I'll start with these three. Get them in a room, share your proposal and ask them, for one, what's your feedback? But also, am I missing somebody? Does somebody else need to see this? So, you know, really just opening the doors and allowing people to walk through them with you is so much easier, but also so much more effective in coming to a conclusion that works for everybody.
0: I definitely get caught in that trap that you said you talked about. It has to be perfect. Whereas the strategy that you're describing, which is pull people in along the way, ask for their help and say, look, I've developed this thing. It's halfway there. Let's pull it all together. It's so brilliant because all the pressure isn't on your shoulders to deliver the perfect thing. And then along the way, it makes advocates for you as well and supporters of your plan, which I think is really brilliant. Is there an element of fear or nervousness nonetheless, even if you're going with this kind of making it easier for everybody approach? Talk to me about the fear and the anxiety of, you know, navigating these uncertain waters that you're never sure what's going to really be the outcome.
1: I think it starts with admitting that we're all afraid all the time. But the question is how you react to that. And to me, it's always been my measure of success is if I've tried my hardest, if I've tried my best, I only promise things that I believe in. And I promise things that I think I can make happen. And many times I will almost put that as the disclaimer onto a conversation that I'm having with a team member. I'm like, you know, my idea is going over here. I don't know if I will be able to convince the company to go this way but i promise you what i will do is i'll try my best and i mean it when i say it and at the same time that is something that i have control over and i think that's what creates that anxiety right i don't have control over what the ceo wants tomorrow i don't have control over what my boss wants tomorrow i don't but this way of of communicating it and this way of setting my goals gives me that control and it gives me a hundred percent control because here's to the things that I am in charge of I promise I will be transparent I promise you will know what I know when I know it and everything else is somewhat uncertain and we all need to live with that and guess what if it goes to hell we'll have a conversation about that too but guess what (laughs) that's <laughs> that's part of life too and sometimes you have to in German we say you, sometimes you have to eat a toad to end up with a prince in the very end in a fairy tale so sometimes you just have to suck it up and that's okay but the I think the important part is to not be discouraged and not let that discourage you because nobody can win all the time. I don't get my way all the time. there's plenty of times where I'm being told nope nope. Uh, No. (laughs) And that's okay, because I never focus on only one thing. I think that's a surefire recipe for disaster. If all you ever do is this one thing, and it becomes your holy grail, and all you can think about is how to get that, that really makes you unflexible, I think. And you need to be flexible. So if you have a few things that you're trying to move along, you can actually play with those energies. And and if something gets stuck, you can turn your attention to the thing that is moving. And sure enough, that will get stuck. And you can turn back to the other thing that has started moving again, because sometimes you do everything you can, and it still doesn't work. And then it just needs to sit for a while. And that is okay, too. And if it gets stuck along the way, don't throw your hands in the air and say, oh, now everything's lost. Well, maybe it needs a few weeks. Maybe it needs a few more conversations with person A or a person B. Sometimes you're ahead of the curve or you're just not in the right space. So don't take any sort of criticism personal because maybe it's just not the right time. Maybe it's not the right stakeholder you're talking to really really come from a place of calm and conviction if you believe that it is the right thing to do pursue it with all your might and do think about what are the small sacrifices that i can make what is something that i can give in order to get the one thing that i think is really what i want and then take it from there but keep trying is, is the point, really. Thanks for listening to People Changing Enterprises. We'll be back next week with a new episode, Helping You Make Your Mark.